Hi, everyone. I have a very special guest with me today. Christine, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Olga. Uh, my name is Christine Yuri. I am the Chief Sustainability and Legal Officer at NG Impact. Uh, NG Impact is a, a global company that advises corporations and governments on their own sustainability plans, how to get to net zero and, and uh, issues like that. And I just couldn't be more happy to be here with you today. I would love to kind of understand uh, where you've been and how your career evolved and what brought you to the place you are at today. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's It's been a journey. I, I graduated from law school in 2004. Um, and, you know, at, at that time, I wanted to start off in a, a law firm and didn't, uh, hadn't quite caught the sustainability bug yet. But I, I spent about eight years in a business law firm, a couple, the first couple in uh, business litigation and a little bit Ironically, the first case I was staffed on was uh, Enron litigation. So it's been uh, a lot in the energy industry over the course of my career. I uh, did about six years in different kinds of transactional work uh, and then decided I, I just wanted to take a different journey than the law firm path. So I actually took some time, stepped back, really looked at, um, at whether I wanted to be in the law at all um, and or, or if so, how, and ended up deciding that I wanted to be in-house and I wanted to be at a purpose-driven company uh, and just had an opportunity to come up with, um, with what was then called ECOVA, a predecessor uh, of NG Impact. And that was about 2013. And, you know, I started in 2013 as corporate counsel. I had a, had a division that I was responsible for. And over the years, my, my role just evolved. Uh, it evolved from our corporate counsel to a general counsel role in the U.S. And then I had um, USHR for a while, which was fantastic. And then now it's a, a global role where I'm really responsible for our legal, our legal team uh, around the world and also uh, designing and implementing our corporate sustainability program for, for our business perimeter within NG. You mentioned a couple of things that I actually would like to explore a little bit more in depth. The one thing you, you said you took some time to think about whether you want to continue being a lawyer. Tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, it was a really special time. You know, I'd spent eight years in a law firm and I just had, had decided that wasn't the right path for me. I, you know, I just, I always liked uh, to be more broad and, uh, you know, the, the kind of narrow specialization wasn't a good fit and it just didn't, it didn't feel quite right. And so I took some time and, it, you know, really interesting. I actually went out and this is, you know, of course, back when you met in person and I had over 120 kind of copy informational interviews with people doing different things from uh, academia to uh, being in companies doing um, more community or corporate foundational work, uh, had met with entrepreneurs and really did different things. And, um, you know, it, I had this moment as actually meeting with the, the head of Intel's corporate foundation and, and talking to her about how she got where, where she's going. And she said, you know, really if you just start with a company that uh, really resonates with you and build from there you will you you will build a 
a, a career that's really meaningful to you. And so that that's really where I started, just looking for the right company. I love the under 20 um, informational interview coffees. I, at some point, did the same thing when I was pivoting uh, to become the general counsel. So uh, I think that's a, that's a... That's a path that is very familiar. I like the advice of uh, find the company and build on it. And I guess uh, when you mentioned that uh, you were you wanted to be in a purpose-driven company, help me understand how you reached that decision. You know what, what purpose-driven means to you, and how did you decide that you need to have more of that in your life? I, I think there's a lot of people who do find you know deep meaning in their law practice in a law firm. So I, you know, definitely don't want to, to discount that. There's a lot of, of meaning in serving the justice system, but it, it just didn't quite sit right for me. And I, and I think it was, you know, I probably inspired by my mom, um, you know, and she was, she was an accountant. So, you know, she, uh, she didn't, um, you know, come from a, a nonprofit world or something like that. But the way that she went about her business, she just had this huge impact on the community around her and in how she served people. And I, I wanted at the end of the day to, to feel like I had that kind of impact with my life. And so, when when I think about a purpose driven company, you know, I I I'm a capitalist. I I love you know the, the the model of trying to be successful in a business, but I I don't think that that the only reason businesses exist are are to make money. That they need to serve a purpose and and contribute to the world as well. So really wanted to have a, a business that aligned with those values and was intentionally trying to contribute and. You know, make the world a better place for everyone to, to drive um, some some purpose, meaning, and improvements in in the world. It's one of those things where at some point you have to reduce to what it means, right? When you're looking for the right company to join. Do you have a system or kind of methodology for checking, you know, your prospective employer uh, or the company you serve? whether it actually aligns with who you are and your values and your need for impact. Yeah. So, I mean, it starts with just looking, of course, when you're, you're looking at a potential position at, you know, what does the company say? What is this external message? Because that's the information that you can get. But you really don't know until you talk to the people. So you, when you're when you're interviewing or meeting with people, or even better if you before you can apply, if you can get to know uh, people at the company, you know, talking to them about what drives them, what do why did they join, what do they think they are accomplishing every day. Is if you if you talk to the people in an organization and and they are there to serve a purpose that aligns with your values, and at the end of the day. You know, whether it aligns with your values or not is it's a gut feeling. It's not um, it's not really an intellectual decision for me. It's not. I, I work in sustainability. I'm incredibly motivated by the challenges of climate change that we have now. But I think that there are are many different purposes that companies have that could serve an excellent value. Like there are companies that are really committed to in improving um, health conditions for employees, bringing uh, well-being to the world, improving you know the the availability and, and nutrition of of food, um, of different social justice issues. So there's a, a a lot of meaning, but kind of how do you find that meaning in your work that that gives you that that gut feeling at the end of the day? Like 
I really contributed something. And then clearly it's a company where your values um, and intentions align. And over time you, you know, accumulated other titles, including becoming the general counsel of the company and then the chief sustainability officer. Tell, tell me about that journey. Was it an intentional? Was it a kind of happy accident? How, how, how does one become a chief sustainability uh, officer? And what does it mean? I, I think it was is both intentional and a, and a opportunity. So, you know, I I really, I came in as corporate counsel and, and I wanted to grow my career. I liked um, one of the reasons that I chose the company that I joined was because I could tell the kind of walls between in-house counsel and other areas were porous. Like I, I saw the, the position I took over the, the corporate counsel before had actually just become a PL leader. So there, there were possibilities um, to not, not super siloed within legal. Uh, and, you know, I wanted, I wanted to grow my career just like anybody else. Uh, and so over the years, what my company, it's in a highly changing industry and it, it changes over time with that. And so, you know, we had different um, combinations, different reorganizations. And as those happened, I was, I was fortunate to have new opportunities occur. So when opportunities came up, uh, I don't, I don't hesitate to put my hat in. I, I remember when I was uh, the in for my first general counsel role, my prior general counsel departed and he had been an amazing, amazing sponsor and advocate for me. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I sat down with the CEO and I said, I want that general counsel role. What, you know, what's it going to take to get me in that seat? And I was lucky she gave me the opportunity and it just has, has built from there. So just, I think being, being in the position at the right time when the opportunity comes up and then being, willing to stand up and say, Hey, I want that. I want that opportunity. So going from counsel to general counsel is something that many lawyers can't imagine. After all, that's sort of a trajectory of going up and we're all trained to, to somehow or rather eventually go up. Um, the path of going to sustainability officer is different. Mm -hmm. Um, it may not be a natural thought for a, an attorney or frankly, any professional to, to go that direction. So I'm just curious how you how you even started thinking of of yourself in that role. So kind of similar to the when I took on general counsel, there was an um, you know an opportunity that came up. Our is where it started. Our company uh, needed somebody uh, to take on the the HR function in the U.S. And at that time, sustainability was a a piece of the HR function as it, as it is in many companies. Uh, so I stepped into that role of, of leading our HR function. And as part of that, you know, I took on our sustainability program in the U S uh, and I, I had, which I had already been involved with actually um, from, from the beginning, I guess, backing it up a little bit when I was corporate counsel, I, I started with just volunteering on a committee of leaders that were setting the strategy for that. So I came into my HR role. I had um, I had res responsibility for our corporate sustainability program, and I and I already had familiarity with it. So from from that position, I started to to build it. And then two years ago, uh, when we we did another reorganization within my company, and we really became a global organization and uh, increased our commitment to uh, sustainability consulting and really building 
uh, plans for companies that are, are very large and have this global footprint. We, we wanted to elevate our corporate sustainability uh, program to the executive level. So because I had been already doing a lot of work in it, uh, I, it made sense for, for me to continue with that work and to, to build upon it. So I think it's it's really been an evolution over time that started with just putting my hat in and volunteering to be part of a leadership team and then taking on successively more responsibility over time. Tell me you know, how do you, you know, when you conceive of your role as a sustainability officer, the role that is elevated to the sort of executive level, how do you, how do you define your job description? I mean, what, what, what does the, the chief sustainability officer do all day? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's different every day, I would say. Uh, so, so first, you know, the, where I first started, which is putting the team in place, the, the most important piece for a chief sustainability officer is to have really a good backing uh, and, and support. So I, I'm very fortunate to have a great corporate sustainability director who has kind of lived and breathed in this area for a long period of time. And then of course, because uh, I'm at a company that literally does sustainability, I've, I've set up a system to be able to tap into that expertise. So having a team to back you up, that's it, it is does require a lot of expertise. Now that that's very critical for for anybody stepping into the role. And then you know, in terms of the the you know the chief sustainability officer, it's about setting the strategy for the organization. So looking across, figuring out okay, what is what business do we have? What strategy would make sense? Bringing that to the executive team and really creating that buy-in in order to move forward, in order to to make sure that you know it's something that the whole company adopts. So keeping the whole company in line and the whole executive team engaged. You have multiple roles, um, and um, I imagine as a former general counsel, being a general counsel is consuming enough. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, I say with caution and, and some, I guess, sarcasm. Because I was just recently saw an article, uh, I think it was on law.com, where, um, you know, it, there has been an observation that in-house is no longer a green pasture. It is a very a stressful job. It's a lot of work. And you no longer go from a law firm in-house uh, to have an easy job. Um, I, I laugh to myself because I've been in-house for over 10 years, and I don't think I ever had a, uh, an easy job. It's certainly not much easier than a law firm. So I thought it was a little bit funny that it only took law dot com to figure out that uh, it's it's a it's a it's not an easy job uh, about ten years, but nonetheless it's it's a big job to begin with. Yeah. Um, you add sustainability uh, responsibility on top of it, which in this age is no small thing. So tell me how you do it. Yeah. No, it's a great question. I think the general counsel role has really evolved from being, you know, more of a tactical, like, let's get contracts done in an efficient way um, role to being a full executive partner at the table with with the other teams. And so it's, uh, I think, as that evolution has occurred, businesses are realizing, hey, this is a talent pool and a talented leader that can do 
multiple things. So just as uh, other areas, you know, if you're de designing an executive role, you know, you'll tuck different responsibilities within it so that, you know, you don't have a, a giant executive team and, and you have work distributed. So this is um, just, I think general counsel is becoming more from isolated expert, here's my silo to full partner at the table, you know, able to handle multiple responsibilities. Uh, and then in terms of how I do it, it's, it's, and I think this is true for any executive role, you know, that you accomplish things by having your next level leaders be excellent and be competent and empowering them to, uh, to do their role. So I have excellent senior legal uh, people that report to me that are responsible for, for their PLs and their regions. And they bring to me what they, what they need to, what's strategic, what's high risk. And I help them with that, that they run the day to day. And similarly, you know, in sustainability, I have an incredible expert that involves me where I need to be involved and can run the day to day. So it, it's, I think what's happening is the general counsel role is becoming much more like any other executive role. And you're just needing to set your teams and your priorities uh, similarly to, to other roles. Let's talk about how you, you, Christine, you know, <laughs> as a person who now on the kind of uh, very agile exec team, having multiple responsibilities, law is no small thing. Uh, balancing risk is really no joke. On top of it, having uh, sustainability responsibility, how do you, as a person who, you know, may have loved ones and hobbies <laughs> and occasionally yeah. need to sleep, um, how do you balance it? Yeah, I mean, in terms of my day-to-day, -day, it's it's been, uh, like everybody, a really interesting year. Before, before COVID, um, my position was quite high travel, and I spent a lot of different time in the offices, and now, uh, which made my schedule... Uh, a little bit more chaotic. Uh, of course, I've been at home. You can see my dining room um, for everybody else this last year. And for me, it's been an opportunity to just, I have a regular schedule. I usually start quite early because I have a lot of calls with Europe. So I might start at 5 a.m. You know, my, my calendar for phone calls cuts off at 3 p.m. Pacific because I there's a limit to the amount of days time I can spend on the phone every day. I might have something with APAC later, um, a couple days a week, but not too bad. And then I take that time, you know, to make sure I do the things I need to take care of myself. So like exercise for my physical and mental health and stress is critical to me. So that is blocked on my calendar. Uh, I have time, I focus time on Friday, but that's for focusing blocked on my calendar. And just really, for me, the, the balance is just in setting those boundaries. And I, I found um, much more this year than really ever before. We've, we've had the freedom to set those boundaries. You know, you made a very interesting observation of transition of general counsel from just sort of tactical contracts, whatever, uh, regulatory issue, privacy issues, you know, whatever, whatever the flavor of your industry slash company is, to kind of true partner, multiple roles, true legal executive. Do you see this trend to stay? And, and if so, where do you think it's going? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's only one direction. I think, you know, as we see moving forward, um, more and more counsel are just learning uh, about the business, learning how to interact at that level. And there was um, an article I, I, that I saw recently 
and it was actually about this area of general counsel getting into ESG and getting into sustainability. And I, I was shocked. Like I thought, oh, I'm in, in this minority. And with the, they did some surveying and, you know, they had uh, almost 50% of general counsel having some sort of responsibility in this environmental sustainability uh, area. And so um, I was just really surprised. And I do see General counsel, I know, taking on additional responsibilities for it. And there are, you know, increasing compliance um, pushes in this area. So that makes sense. But I, I, I personally believe I think people who go to law school and, and are successful and reach that general counsel position, they're, they're really capable people. So I, I think that companies are going to continue um, discovering and expanding on that talent and capitalizing on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I, you know, I usually say that there's many ways to be uh, a legal executive, and that is not limited to being, you know, VP of legal, EVP of legal, general counsel, or head of legal. Um, there are many ways to be a legal executive, and and you know, chief marketing officer, uh, BD, uh, even sales, uh, sustainability. All of those could be legal titles. Uh, depending on on the company and the talent of the legal executive, and I like I like how we really think broadly about the the set of skills that legal executives can uh, bring to the table. I uh, I guess I want to talk a little bit more about uh, you know we've we've seen a lot of focus on sustainability, and I would like for you to kind of talk a little bit more what it means in your industry. You know how your role is evolving, and where do you see that? going. Yeah, so there is a, a huge focus on it right now. Um, you know, for, for me, sustainability is a, it's a very broad concept. And, and it's really about, okay, what, what processes uh, and it can, can you continue with and will continue to preserve our ability to, to live and, and work in the future. Right now, um, there's a huge focus on uh, climate change and, and there should be. I mean, this, this next decade is make or break on climate change. So from, from my perspective, climate change is our, our biggest threat for survival right now. When it, when it comes down to it, I know it sounds dramatic, but I, it's, it's absolutely true if, if you read it. So there's a huge focus from governments, from companies, from individuals in this area and what you're seeing uh, companies really realize, and this includes, you know, operational com companies, insurers, banks, whatnot, that, that this, is, this isn't, you know, it is a threat to their businesses, uh, to their livelihoods, to their employees, and that they, they really need to take action. So they're coming out with the really bold goals. Um, to, to address the problem. Uh, I think it, it comes both from an internal realization that, hey, we, we need to do something and from external pressures because there's also you know, a lot of activist pressures, investor uh, pressures, employees. So there's a lot of external focus on companies taking action in this area, uh, as well as just the internal realization that we collectively, we, we have to, we, it, and we have a short time frame here. You know, I also find that, you know, you specifically have the chief uh, uh, sustainability officer title, uh, but, you know, not many general counsel have that title, but yet they have re sustainability responsibilities. Yes. Uh, 
yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts there? What is sort of, as a general counsel that may not necessarily have that title, where do you think that positions you with uh, sustainability? Adding something to an executive title is really, you know, about signaling both internally and externally, you know, the the, the importance of it to the organization because it it's just a really clear way to say, hey, this is something our executive team is is paying attention to, is responsible for, and, and is on top of. And so you you can um, you can have a a very effective sustainability program and you can really get after your climate change goals without having somebody on the executive team that has that title but it, it does make a statement when you add it, it when you add it to an executive's title and, and it makes a statement in how you present yourself externally and internally in this area so uh you know if a, a general counsel is in charge of it and they don't have it in their title i think you know, they can still run a program very effectively and make some significant change. But if you're, if you're looking for a way to raise the visibility and signal a deeper commitment, then, then adding it to the title uh, as a company makes sense. So if I were a general counsel who is actively thinking about, you know, designing, you know, starting a sustainability program, making sure the company has right conversation, perhaps maybe eventually elevating it to executive level, where would you start? What resources do you recommend? What are the first, you know, three, five, yeah. 10 steps? Well, the first step, it depends on your, you know, the size of your company, but see what's out there already. So see what, you know, what may exist. It, is there somewhere, you know, a person who has responsibility for, for sustainability buried in some organization? So figure out what, what you have. Or, and it may not be a person, it may not be a department, you might have a volunteer program, you might have, um, you know, a different, different people who are just interested. So scan your landscape for what exists. Um, and then you need to start with building support. So you can take what exists and then it, it really does take support from all areas. So you need to get involved with your operational teams, finance, HR, it, it ha you have to bring everybody to the table. So fi find your folks that are really committed and aligned to bring them to the table for just the initial conversations. And what that that's really about looking at your business and figuring out, all right, what is the, the value proposition that, that we're really going after for? And there, there's, a, there's you know, several different reasons uh, and different value propositions for companies to pursue this, but you, you need to be really clear on what that is in order to structure the program. We're coming to the end of this conversation, which I, I've enjoyed a lot. You know, I, I, one of the things comes up and I've, you know, I've talked about general counsel having increasing responsibilities, roles, and adding value. One of the things that often comes up is legal may not always have abundance of resources. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, when you have to deal with regulators, when you have to deal with, you know, I don't know, the nuisance of being a public company, privacy, issue security, like on and on and on you go, you add other things and you may be depleting the resources from things that are also very important. How, how do you think about this, um, yeah. this resource issue? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how you're going to integrate it with your company. If, if you're going to make it, um, you know, a real 
program and something that you're taking a significant action on, you know, you, you can't just take your lawyers and tell them, you know, spend half time doing this. Uh, you need to have, uh, you need to have separate internal headcount or consulting power, a separate budget line in order to get after it, which means you have to build the business case, just like anything else in the company. You have to build a business case that shows what this is going to cost and why the company should go after it. And it, it could be, you know, cost savings or brand issues or uh, values-based movement or innovation, but, but you, you have to, um, the, the initial step is to build that case to, to get the resources in place. It, if you're going a different route and it's just, you know, legal team involvement, um, there are a, a lot of reasons just to have your, your lawyers involved. So first, you know, most general counsel will be in charge of ethics and they're, uh, you know, I think taking a broad view of ethics that includes the question of what is right uh, and that and that really includes sustainability. It serves your your ethics program that'll help bolster that. Um, in many cases, there are more compliance. So you're seeing, especially if you're a public company, uh, disclosure requirements about materiality that really you need to understand and make sure that your company is complying with. So you know, there's the general legal function and making sure that you you cover through the general legal function how these pieces align and that that needs to be you know part of your risk management within your legal budget and then there is the uh, if you're taking on you know really setting up a program setting up the business case and getting the resources for that separately this is a great conversation and i i really like how you systematically think through the issue of sustainability and the value it adds you know to your business to uh, employees to to the world um do you have you know i i guess as a last question do you have any sort of parting advice um, for uh, any anyone in the office of general counsel or general counsel him or herself um, about sustainability to make sure that they, you know, whatever steps they take, they, they set up themselves for success. Yeah. I mean, I think that the important thing is that it can feel a bit overwhelming. So just start, start small and start somewhere and start now. Uh, so, so like I said, check out what your company is already doing. Uh, maybe, um, read up on what other uh, companies and best practices. I did recently do a post. I post under um, hashtag sustainable counsel on ways that, that uh, in-house legal counsel can get involved in different ways that they can get started. So there's, there's a resource if you want to check that hashtag on, on LinkedIn with a lot more information. Uh, but there's, I think it's just taking those those first few steps and there can be they can be voluntary participating on a committee or it can be really, really going big. But taking starting somewhere is the, the most important part for, for any company. This has been a wonderful conversation, Christine. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I certainly learned a lot and I do highly recommend the Sustainable Council hashtag and following Christine on LinkedIn. She puts out some of the more incredible content that is very useful and, and real. Um, so highly recommend that. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Olga. Thank you so much. Have a great day. See you soon. Bye, everyone.